be a doctor, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps dentistry slipped your mind because of lack of resources. You dropped out of nursing school because you failed pharmacology. You don't come from the right family, so you can't pursue pharmacy. You want to become a physician assistant, but you're unaware of their role in healthcare. You don't know a single black optometrist, and now you're afraid to be the first. Welcome to Melanin in Healthcare, the best uplifting healthcare podcast targeted towards healthcare students and aspiring healthcare students, bringing you the best necessary education, representation, and inspiration to encourage you to pursue your dreams in healthcare. Welcome to episode number five, Podiatry School Edition. Today, I have a special guest, and she is going to talk about her journey to podiatry school, why she chose podiatry school, and also tips for everyone out there. Welcome, Chelsea. How are you? Hi, I'm so glad to join you today. I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. And so go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what year you're in and how far is it going? How, how is it going so far? Uh, I am doing great. I am a first year student at Temple University School of Podiatric Medicine out in Philadelphia. Um, this year's been a little crazy. So our whole semester's online. Um, you know, Zoom medical school is what we're doing, just like what everyone else is doing. Um, so it's a little interesting. A lot of what you would expect to experience in your first year, we didn't get to experience that. We haven't met our classmates. Um, a lot of us are not in Philadelphia. We're living all over the country. Some people are in Canada. Some people are still in other countries around the world. Um, but I think I actually like going to school on Zoom. The teachers are definitely more understanding of, you know, the circumstances that are surrounding our education. So mm-hmm. we're not experiencing I, what I would describe as like the hectic uh, feeling you would get when you first start. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I like it. Um, but hopefully this isn't lasting long because we are doing like a lot of our classes online. Um, Anatomy was originally scheduled to be an in-person hybrid course and now it is completely online so we will be doing cadaver dissections and everything online. Um, So that should be interesting. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. So why medicine but specifically why podiatry? And for those who don't know, could you explain that podiatry is a branch of medicine? Absolutely, yes. Um, Just like Ivy said, podiatry is a branch of medicine. It is pretty much a specialty. So when you start podiatry school, you already know your specialty is going to be the foot and ankle. Um, That is your only scope of medicine. You are not allowed to, you know, go in and do surgery on the heart one day. You are specifically learning everything you need to know to treat your patients with their foot and ankle issues. Um, So I really, I've always been interested in medicine. When I was younger, I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, So I always kind of had that interest in learning what the doctors and nurses were doing to me. I was always interested in science. I would read like science textbooks for fun as a kid, um, which most people don't do. Um, (laughs) So that was just, it kind of just sparked my interest. I actually didn't learn about podiatry until I went to graduate school at Hampton University. Um, So this is about 2016. We had the tour for diversity come and speak to us on campus. And one of the doctors that came with the tour was actually a podiatrist. And she explained what podiatry was, 
um, that it was a whole separate school that you went to and that you could do surgery. You could still pick your specialty just as you would with an MD or a DO school. And the best part that interests me the most was that you could be a physician but you still had the opportunity to be like, um, kind of schedule your work day and kind of make your work day look how you want it to look. You weren't gonna have to be on call, you know, a lot. You weren't gonna have to spend long hours at the hospital. You could work a nine to five and you could go home at the end of the day and that would be the cutoff of your day. So that really intrigued me because I do want to have a career where I can have that work-life balance and, you know, I can have a family one day. Right, right. And so what does the typical day look like for you? So right now, our typical day is uh, starting at 8 a.m. on Zoom. We have our first class, Physiology. Um, At 10 a.m., we have our second class, uh, which is Biochemistry. And then the way that Temple Uh, kind of structures our schedule is a little different than the other podiatry schools do. So there are a total of nine podiatry schools I go to to USPM. Um, So they kind of ease our way into getting adjusted to our curriculum. So we actually started out with just one class, um, which was biochemistry. And we only had that class for the first two weeks for um, three hours a day. So we had class from nine to 12. And then once we got to our third week of school, they added in another class. Um, Three weeks after that, they added in a third class, which is physiology. And then in another three weeks, we'll be adding on general anatomy. So our schedule now is pretty, uh, pretty balanced, but I am in class most days from 8 a.m. to 4. I give myself a little break from 4 to 5 just to kind of um, relieve any stress that I've experienced during the school day because it is a little difficult sitting on you know the computer for your classes mm-hmm. you're losing that interpersonal rea- uh, interaction with your classmates mm-hmm. and then I study from um, 5 until about 11 p.m. most nights um, and that's just how I feel that it's best for me to Uh, balance all the classes that I'm taking right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our testing schedule is structured differently than most medical schools. We don't have testing blocks. Um, And right now we kind of have one exam a week. So for me to be able to keep up with all my coursework, I like to give myself two hour windows for each class um, of studying each day. So I'll study for two hours for biochem, two hours for histo, and two hours for physio a day. Um, And then at 11 o'clock, I give myself a little break to watch my favorite TV show until 11.30 and then I go to bed and then I'm back up at 8 a.m. the next day. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, long day. (laughs) (laughs) And so what challenges have you faced as a med student? I think the biggest challenge right now is, um, you know, just trying to adjust to going to school online. Um, you don't have all the resources that you would normally have if you were on campus. Um, I actually was in the class of 2023 last year and then I got sick and I took medical leave and joined the class of 24. So I didn't expect that we would be online, um, you know, when I made that decision back in December. So compared to what I experienced as a member of the class of 2023 last year during my first year of podiatry school, um, 
I would say that the biggest challenge then was just like keeping up with the coursework. Like it was way different than what I had experienced in grad school and an undergrad. I couldn't study the same ways I had studied before. And I had to figure out really quickly that, you know, me cramming all of my studying in the last minute was not going to help me succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at this year, because I've kind of had that experience of going through my first semester already, um, the biggest challenge right now is just getting adjusted to going to school on Zoom and keeping yourself focused. I know you, you're going to school on Zoom too as well. And just when you have to sit there and keep yourself focused and you have to make sure you're not turning on the TV or scrolling on the internet um, because you really need to pay attention to those lectures that's kind of the biggest challenge for me right now (laughs) (laughs) wow yes that's very true zoom is it's a a big challenge it's a big challenge it is because like we'll be in our little group me texting and then I'm like oh my goodness I've missed like five slides and then that's more work for me to go through later (laughs) oh wow right and so I know that you said that there were limited specialties for podiatry so what specific specialty would you be interested in and for those who don't know what additional training is required for those specialties yeah so the additional training that is required for us is uh, residency so you do three years of residency after you graduate and after you complete your residency training, then you have the opportunity to go into a fellowship. And your fellowship can kind of help you further specialize in your field of choice. Um, My specialty of choice that I'm leaning to right now is pediatrics. It's actually called podopediatrics. And I have just always had a passion for working with children. I used to be a pre-K teacher. So for me, it just kind of makes sense that I go into this field at, with the uh, with the mindset of working with children. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for somebody for somebody who is actually in DO school or MD school, and they want to become a podiatrist, is that possible? Um, so they would actually have to go and restart and uh, do DPM school. Um, So they would have to do an additional four years. But if you did want to do like a foot and ankle specialty, you know, you could um, do your residency in orthopedics and then a fellowship in foot and ankle surgery. So that would Mm kind of give you the same, um, you know, career foundation to do what a podiatrist does. Right. Um, Okay. So that's that's one option that an MD or DO student would have to go into the Mm -hmm. field of foot and ankle surgery. Okay. And what advice could you give an incoming undergraduate freshman who wants to become a doctor, but they have no clue where to start? Yeah, so this was definitely me when I started. I was a first gen college student. No one else in my family had gone to college. And then when I wanted to go to medical school, I didn't have anyone in my family to turn to and Mm -hmm. ask. Um, so one thing I would definitely say is you want to reach out to people, um, whether it be through social media, your own doctor that you see and kind of get advice from them about what you should be doing. Um, I went to a PWI for my undergrad years and there weren't many people on campus that looked like me. My um, pre-med advisor told me that I would not be able to become a doctor 
just wow. because I didn't do well in like my first two years of school and I was struggling in my uh, science classes. So my biggest thing would be to make sure you know what you want to do and don't listen to anyone else. There are going to be people that are going to tell you that you can't be a doctor because you made a C in one class and like you're done or Mm -hmm. because you just aren't going to exceed in those classes. Um, I was actually a dance minor and my friends that aren't really my friends now would straight up tell (laughs) me that I needed to change my major because it seemed like I was better at dance classes than my science classes. And at the time that was true. I was making A's in my dance classes and I was making C's in my science classes. Um, So my biggest advice I will want to give to freshmen would be to try to get your your team together early. Find those people in your classes that are also wanting to become doctors. Figure out um, if they know upperclassmen who are in the pre-med, you know, major and route and kind of ask them for advice. Ask them what classes they should be taking. Um, You want to go ahead and start your volunteering as soon as you get to college. You want to start your shadowing as soon as you get to college. And I know that's a little hard right now because we are in person and a lot Mm -hmm. of clinics are not allowing students to come into the, um, you know, hospital or even into the clinics to shadow. But you just want to try to make sure you get as many opportunities as you can to just start building your resume. Um, because you'll find out really quickly once you get to junior year and everyone is trying to scramble and get, you know, their shadowing hours, their volunteer hours up, that it becomes stressful because then during that time, you're also trying to balance studying for the MCAT. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's true. So if you could do it all over again, what would you change about your path? For the longest, I thought that if I had just gotten into medical school straight out of undergrad, that it would have been so much better for me and that I would have been happy because I would have been a doctor now. I would have been, you know, nearly done with residency. And I'm looking back now and I'm realizing that I didn't think I was mature enough to go into medical school at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything I would change about my path. Um, one thing I think I would change is, you know, making sure I was actually prepared to go and take the MCAT. I took mm-hmm. the MCAT six times, which is like the max number of times you can take it. Mm-hmm. And the first three times I took the MCAT, I didn't study like at all. I would go and I would do like the Kaplan course and I would like answer the questions for class. And then like once the course ended, I never looked at the book again. And I didn't do too many full lengths. Um, and I just thought that like I already knew enough from class and that I didn't mm-hmm. need to do extra studying. And I realized that that was not the case very quickly. And I think it's very important for students to be realistic with their self as they're going on this pre-med journey and to realize that You know, if you are taking practice MCATs and your score is not where your target score is, then you don't need to go sit for that exam. Um, You need to reschedule. I think it's very important that students only take the MCAT if they feel they will do well. 
don't mm-hmm. take the MCAT just to gauge and see where you are because you can do that with a practice exam. Um, but also don't feel bad about yourself if you do take the MCAT and you realize that, you know, your score is not good. I used to kind of like pity myself a lot because my friends were in medical school and I was kind of still out here. I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't find a job in my field. I just felt like a failure. And it's really important to not look at yourself like that because you know, you will eventually get to where you're supposed to be. I don't believe that it was my time to go into medical school straight out of undergrad. I believe that everything I went through, you know, taking the MCAT that many times, going on to graduate school, mm-hmm. um, were all things that I needed to do in order to be who I am today. Um, so changing that path would not make me the student that I am today and I don't think I would be nearly as you know open about my journey if I had just been the person that got in like on the first try so no I would absolutely not change anything about my path that's true that's true do you feel like your experience as a preschool teacher helped you somewhat become a better student I think it did in a way. Um, It kind of taught me to be patient. Mm -hmm. And patience is something that you really need to have when you are a student, but also when you're going into the medical field. Um, You have to understand and figure out how to, you know, break down different topics to people that you're interacting with. So during our first year, we have experiences in clinic. We haven't had them yet because of COVID. But Mm -hmm. when we go into clinic, you know, we know way more than the patient. We know like all the big terms and the whys and everything. But when you're interacting with a patient, you have to kind of make sure that you're breaking it down to their level that they can understand. And I feel like when I would talk to my students as a preschool teacher, that I would always take the time to break down the big idea I had in my head to their level. So that's just one of the ways I feel like my career as a preschool teacher helped prepare me to be a student um, and to be a doctor in the future. Right, right. And where do you see yourself in five to seven years? So I am a first year right now. I will graduate in 2024 from TUSPM um, and then we'll hopefully go on to residency. So in five years, I see myself practicing in a underserved community uh, as a podopediatrician and just kind of coming up with different ways to ensure that the community that I'm working in has all the necessary resources to you know, make sure they are having their best foot and ankle health. I think a lot of people don't realize what goes into podiatry. Um, But for me, when I think about podiatry, I think about like you're walking. Um, So like if you're in pain when you're walking, let's say you're a diabetic and you're experiencing neuropathy, that's very painful when you're walking. So a lot of patients will then go on to be bedridden or they'll have really bad sores that end up losing their you know, foot, they might have to get an amputation. So for me, I wanna make sure that I'm encouraging the patient population in my community 
to go not only to go see me as their podiatrist, but also to make sure they're checking in with their family medicine doctor, that they're keeping up with their prescriptions, that they're eating healthy, that they're living a healthy lifestyle, that they're working out. Um, because I'm kind of like another type of general healthcare professional that will ensure that their health, um, you know, is the best that it can be. So. My long-term goal is to own my own private practice. I know that's not something I can do straight out of residency, but mm-hmm. that is that is my long-term goal. Um, I originally grew up in the DC area, so if I could have a private practice in Washington, DC, that would be absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a podiatrist, even though I want to specialize in podopediatrics, I'll also be seeing patients of all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll also be able to, you know, do wound care and treat diabetic patients and I'll be doing surgery. So I just kind of want my private practice in the future to be like a jack of all trades for podiatry. Right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so any last tips that you can give to the viewers listening? Yes. Um, I think my biggest tip would be the MCAT. Make sure you are prepared for the MCAT. What you've learned in class is not gonna be sufficient enough for your studying. You're gonna also need to make sure that if you don't do a, a private class, that you need to actually get some books and set up a timeline or a schedule for you to study. I studied for my last MCAT for six months and that helped me get my highest MCAT score. Um, you might not need six months of studying, you might need three months, but I feel like you should at least at minimum have eight weeks of study time when you're preparing for your MCAT. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I had a hard time balancing studying for the MCAT, going to school and working. Um, So if you can, I, I would try to set aside a time where your schedule isn't as hectic and that should be your ideal time to study for the MCAT. For me, I actually took time off from school for six months to study, where the only thing I did was go to work every day and then I would come home and study all night. Um, Mm. So that was kind of how I balanced it for me. Um, Another tip would be to just don't listen to what other people are doing. I feel like when we get so caught up about what our friends are doing that are pre-med or you know the person that we saw on instagram that's pre-med it kind of creates this imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and for us you know being black medical students one day we're gonna unfortunately feel a lot of imposter syndrome because there are going to be people that are going to say things to us like you only got in because they needed to meet a quota i've actually Mm -hmm. had someone say that to me before so if you begin to feel imposter syndrome, you need to sit there and remind yourself that you are here at this moment, at this medical school, at this residency, wherever you are, because you belong there, because you made the grades, because you had a stellar application. Don't let anyone try to diminish your accomplishments or your success based on the color of your skin tone. You're gonna mm-hmm. hear it, unfortunately. And it's it breaks my heart knowing that, you know, students coming up after me are gonna have to go through the same things that I went through with, you know, even faculty saying that I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. Um, but do not let anyone dim your light. Mm-hmm. You are successful. 
you are going to be a phenomenal medical student and you are going to be a phenomenal student doctor and a phenomenal doctor one day. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> but I like that. That's true. That's yes. <laughs> and thank you so much for attending our episode number five, Podiatry School Edition. Chelsea, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to discuss your med school life. And for more motivation, inspiration, and representation, stay tuned for episode number six. Thank you. Have a wonderful, productive day.